Have any of you ever gone through a day and feel like something was missing? I don't know if any of you ever had a day like I have where you wake up sometimes in the morning and I don't eat cereal much anymore. When you're a kid, you eat cereal and there's no milk. Anybody ever done that? And when you do that, how many of you say, that's it, I'm done, I'm not eating it? And I know there's some people who actually put water in their cereal and eat it that way. Now maybe that's you, that is definitely not me. Or maybe you make pancakes and there's no syrup. Some of you are brave enough to just find something else, not me. Something is missing. Um, sometimes you go through your whole day and you don't know, know quite what that is. I remember a few years back, we were getting ready to go to church on a Sunday evening and I was talking to my boys and said, all right guys, get ready. And my boys came to the door and one of my boys was standing there, had a shirt, had his tie on, had his dress shoes on, had his Bible in his hand. And I looked at him and I said, um, are you ready to go? He said, yes, sir. I said, all right, are you sure? Yes. And his brothers were laughing and they said, are you sure? And he looked down and he had everything on but his pants. Uh, so he had no pants on. And we said, are you sure when to go? And I, for this day, I regret not letting him just go out, get in the car and take him to church without his pants on. Uh, but that would have been something. Something was missing and he didn't even know it. And sometimes we go through our days and feel like something is missing. And as Christians, what that something could be or should be, if we forget, is have we included God at all? Have we done anything to include God as part of our daily routine? Have you gone through an entire day or gone through an entire morning and not acknowledged God or included God at all? Have you done something where you realize, you know what, I'm missing something? And maybe you're uh, not including God in your Bible reading. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's just, you know what, I'm a Christian. I need to do it. But it should bother you if you go through a day without including God in your daily routine. So I think all of us are familiar with symbols. So I want to talk a little bit about symbols today. So let me show you a symbol and see if uh, you can figure this out. A few years back, it says 2008, we took our kids to this place right here. Maybe you can see it. And there's a familiar uh, kind of name right here, and you probably recognize it right away. Some of you probably are getting excited uh, because you love Disney World. And so we took our kids to Disney. This is a symbol. When you see this, it represents more than just a picture book. And if you want, what I was going to do tonight is take you through the entire book, uh, picture by picture, because I thought you'd really love to reminisce about our vacation. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we won't do that, but here you go. Uh, but you see this symbol, and this is a universally known symbol. If you drive somewhere and you see something that relates to Disney, instantly people remember and think, that I know what that means. And they think about more than just a picture book. When you saw that, you think of all that Disney related. And if you've been to Disney, you have memories flooding back. It represents more than that. So I have another symbol. And if you, and I show you this one, some of you may have emotion one way or the other, but some people really take symbols like this to mean a lot. So what is this? This is, this is a uh, Blackhawks jersey right here. And a few years back, Blackhawks won a Stanley Cup. My kids and I went to a few games. And so we got to see them. When you see this, this symbolizes something bigger than just a shirt. This doesn't, if you, I, I don't wear this shirt, but if you walk around wearing this shirt right here, you see this symbol. It symbolizes something much more than just being a part of walking around with the shirt on. It symbolizes the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup. It symbolizes a jersey. It symbolizes you're a fan of this team. Sometimes I'll see a kid that comes to church and they'll have a, a jersey or some sort of hat on. I say, hey, man, you like that team? No, just a hat, just a shirt. And I don't understand that. A lot of times this is a symbol. And when you see someone wearing a jersey, you think of much more than just a shirt. You think of a whole symbol. 
A lot of times you see someone if they have a wedding ring on. So you see this wedding ring right here? This wedding ring is a symbol. When you see this wedding ring, um, it symbolizes I'm married. It doesn't mean that I just want to wear a wedding ring, wedding ring for no reason. Some of you may do that, and you're pretty weird. Uh, but I do this because I want you to know that I'm attached to my wife. So what I was going to show you something tonight, symbols have value and meaning because of what or who they represent. This because my wedding ring is important to me because of who it represents. If you have a favorite sports team or if you've had a favorite vacation, it's important because of what it represents. When I see that view book of Disney World, it brings back memories because of what it represents. And I have the same thing, many symbols. Sometimes you're American, you see something patriotic, you see a flag. It symbolizes freedom, it symbolizes America. And your emotions kind of come to life because you're saying, wow, I believe in that. And you get excited about that. But symbols have value and meaning because of what or who they represent. This jersey is not necessarily very expensive, but it is symbolic and can mean more to some people because of who it represents. But when symbols become more important than what gives them value, you can lose what is important. So when symbols become more important than what gives them value, you can lose what is important. At some point, if I start idolizing things, that aren't as important, it, it can become weird. On my screensaver on my phone, there's a picture of me and my wife. I love that picture, it's a good picture. Um, enjoy it, every time I see it, I think of her, and it brings back a lot of fond memories. But what happens if she says, hey, can we go on a date? And I said, no, 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 I'm just gonna go out and take a walk around the park and just look at you on my phone. I have a picture of you, that's all I need. She goes, you sure? Yep, you know what? I'm just going to go spend some time right here and just look at your picture. That's all I need. I'm just going to do it. Don't you want to spend time with me? No, no, no. I've got this picture. You look really good in this picture. So this picture right here is all I need. This is what I want to see. And what if I became so preoccupied with her picture that I lost sight of her? And I really made her picture more important than her. This could be something that's damaging. It's just like if you have counterfeit money. Nothing stands behind it. If you have fake money, it doesn't really have any value because it's not symbolizing anything. American currency has value because what you can do with it, it's buying power. So what can this mean in the Bible? Is there a story in the Bible? So I'll take you to a story in the Bible. This story in the Bible talks about the Israelites. And the Israelites were in a battle with the Philistines. This was kind of their nemesis at the time. And the Philistines were coming to attack the Israelites. They were getting ready to have war. And they said, we are not sure if we're going to win, but the Israelites, we want to subdue them. We want to take advantage of them. And the Israelites had this kind of unknown God that kind of put fear in a lot of the enemy's hearts. And so I'll show you a couple verses, exactly what happened. So at this point, the Philistines are at war. They're getting ready to go to battle against the Israelites. The Israelites are scared because the Philistines are a very strong army. They're looking at them. They said, we're going to dominate you. And the Israelites are really scared. And they're looking for some sort of a momentum-shifting move that they could do and take. So let's go to the verse first. 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 3. And the people were coming to the camp. The elders of Israel said, Wherefore hath the Lord smitten us today before the Philistines? Let us fetch the ark of the covenant of the Lord, put of Shiloh unto us, that when it cometh among us, it may save us out of the hand of our enemies. So what does that mean right there? Basically, the Israelites said, we're going to lose. 
The Philistines are too strong. We're going to lose. What can we do? And they said, we have a great idea. We have a secret weapon. This secret weapon is the Ark of the Covenant. We're going to take the Ark of the Covenant, which symbolized the presence of God. We're going to take the Ark of the Covenant, show them that we have God on our side. With God on our side, who can beat us? We cannot be defeated. And they brought the Ark of the Covenant forward. Let's look at 1 Samuel 4, 4. Verse 5, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp. All Israel shouted with a great shout, so that the earth rang again. So the Israelites were there, and the Ark of the Covenant was brought into the camp. The presence of the Lord, that's what it symbolized. That's what it stood for. And all of Israel cheered so loudly. It said the Philistines heard it. The ground shook. And they were so scared. They said, what are we going to do? And they said, we better be toughing up, guys, because we're still fighting them. They may have their Lord, but we've got to do our best. We brought this battle on ourselves. And they said, be strong. Be like men. We've got to go fight tomorrow. And they had to rally themselves. They were scared because God was in their camp. They had the actual Ark of the Covenant there with them. I don't know if anything in the Bible stood for the presence of God more than the Ark of the Covenant. It was one of the strongest symbols in the Bible. So let's look what happened in 1 Samuel 4.10. The Philistines fought, and Israel was smitten, and they fled every man into his tent, and there was a very great slaughter for their fellow of Israel, 30,000 footmen. Now, I don't know about you, but that surprised me. How in the world did they have the presence of God? They had the actual Ark of the Covenant on the front lines of the battle, and the next day they were just demolished. They were wiped out. They lost the ark. They lost all of their army. They were just absolutely obliterated. How did this happen? And you may be wondering the same thing. Maybe you have all these symbols in your life that mean you're a Christian, just like they had the ark, but you feel like you're living a defeated Christian life. You feel like you're living a life with no purpose, a life with no meaning. You feel like you're driving and giving all you can, but you don't feel like God is with you anymore. That's exactly how the Israelites had to feel. They had just brought the Ark of the Covenant into the front lines, and the next day they lost it, and they lost their armies. You can read it was a very tragic story. How come the symbol of God's presence didn't guarantee victory? They had the ultimate good luck charm, if you want to say that. But it didn't work. It didn't guarantee any victory for them. I think what the problem was is the Israelites relied on symbols and went through the motions, but they lost the relationship with the one who gave the ark its power. They thought, we have the ark, we have the ultimate symbol, we can't be defeated, look what we have. Hey, bring that thing out. And they brought it out and were slaughtered. And sometimes if I'm not careful, I can do it as a Christian. I have God on my side. I've trusted Jesus in my heart. I go to a good church. I grew up in a good home. Right now, as best I can, I try to have a Christian home. I attend church faithfully. I help on a bus route. I teach a Sunday school class. I give in the offering. I go to church and greet people. I do my best. But you know what? All of that isn't bad. But if I don't have a relationship with the one who enables me to do it, those are all just symbols that don't stand for much. 
just like the Israelites had the ultimate symbol in the Ark of the Covenant, but they had lost the relationship with the one who gave that Ark its power. They had lost the relationship a long time before, and they didn't even know it. They were going through the motions. They had that little symbol in the background, but they had lost the relationship with the one who gave the Ark its power. Are you living that type of powerless life today? Have you lost a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Have you said, you know what, I'm doing all these good things, and you're kind of going through the motions, but when is the last time you felt the strength of a relationship with Jesus Christ? When's the last time you had a personal conversation with Jesus Christ? Are you going through the motions of having a relationship with God? Are you just saying, hey, I got the ark in the background? You may say, well, I don't have the Ark of the Covenant. I understand that, but sometimes we have other symbols. Do you just hold a Bible up and say, hey, I have the Bible? Some of you are probably getting frustrated. Are you knocking the Bible? No, just like I'm not knocking the Ark of the Covenant. But a Bible is supposed to draw us into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. My going to church is supposed to provoke me to want to pray and build a stronger personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Everything I do that's supposed to be spiritual is supposed to be driving me to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if I find myself going through the motions, if I find myself not having a relationship, but just following a list of rules, I could become like the Israelites and have all those things and live a life without any power, and live a life without any purpose, and live that defeated life, and life could come and take me out, and I say, God, you cheated on me, and God says, well, you haven't shown any interest in me in a really long time. You have not taken any time to get to know who I am. You know, I talked a few minutes ago about having a relationship with my wife's picture or a wedding ring more than my wife. If I idolized my wife's picture and the fact that I had a wedding ring and never took her on a date, never took her out and just talked, never went on walks with her, never sat down and discussed the Bible, never had a phone call where we discussed personal relationship, never shared life with my wife. I may have the wedding ring. I may have the wedding album. I may have all those pictures, but you know what I'm going to have? Nothing but symbols that have no value because I've lost the relationship with the person who made those symbols have value to me. Are you just going through the motions today in a relationship with Jesus Christ? Or are you passionate about it? If I walked into your home and you showed me something you're passionate about, maybe it is a sports team, maybe it's a favorite hobby, maybe it's a, a hunting or fishing, maybe it's some sort of a cooking hobby, Maybe it's something, projects that you do around your house. You're passionate about that. Man, when I talk to you about it, it just flows off your tongue because you're passionate about it. Do you have any sort of that passion with Jesus Christ? If you came and you talked to me for any length of time, my guess is I would somehow tell you about my wife and my boys and where I go to church and what I do. You know why? Because I don't think about it. It just comes out. And I want it to be that way. But shouldn't I be that passionate about Jesus Christ as well? If people get to know me, my neighbors on my street, if they get to know me, the people that I engage with as I live my life, shouldn't they also be reminded that I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? 
If I carry my Bible, shouldn't that spur me and show them that I have a relationship with the author who wrote the Bible just as much or more as I carry the Bible? So how can we get God back? How can we make the symbol have the strength and the power? If you look a couple chapters after this, 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 3, the Israelites asked the same exact question. 1 Samuel 7, 3, it says, And Samuel spake to all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return into the Lord with all your hearts, and put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you, and you prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve Him only, and He will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So what happened? He said, hey, if you go back and you reestablish your relationship with Jesus Christ, I promise you this, he'll take you back and he'll stand behind you and he'll enable you to get the victory. And some of you right now, you may need to go back, get on your knees and say, God, I'm not going to go through the motions anymore. I want to have a personal relationship with you. And if you have another relationship in your life, you may need to go back and say, I want to put all those away and you're going to be priority number one. You're going to be the person I turn to. Put Jesus Christ as a priority. 1 Samuel 7, verse 10. Let's see what happens. As Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. Look at what happened. God miraculously worked where the same enemy who had just absolutely obliterated him and wiped him out now he said, let me show you my power. And the tide turned, and they won. Let me tell you, some of you right there, you may be a single parent trying to raise children. You may have a marriage that's hanging on by a thread. You may be sitting there wondering, how am I going to pay next month's bills? You may be sitting there wondering, I feel depressed. How am I ever going to get out of this funk that I am in? You may be sitting there wondering, you say God is real, but I don't feel it. You may be wondering, does anyone love me? Can I ever feel God's love again? You may be sitting there thinking, man, I pray, but I don't feel any passion. You may be sitting there saying, oh, man, I feel like God has just neglected me and left me, and I have a Bible sitting in my home. Let me blow the dust off. You blow that dust off, and you feel like, God, you have left me and betrayed me. Let's be careful, because you may just need to say, God, I want to reestablish a personal relationship with you. And if you can establish that personal relationship with him once again, he can intervene for you. And you may see things in your life change and transform that would not have happened without him. You may have people coming to you and asking you, man, I see a difference in your heart and in your life. And just like the Israelites right there, they saw God work. Can you imagine the euphoria. Can you imagine the joy as they realized God was back on their side? Can you imagine the confidence that came back into their camps? Yeah, who's going to mess with us now? Can you imagine the Philistines as they're fleeing and saying, don't mess with them? One more verse in 1 Samuel 7, 13. The, says the Philistines were subdued and they came no more into the coast of Israel and the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. All the days of Samuel, there were some there who had a personal relationship with God. God said, Philistines, you're not crossing this line. You're not going to come and dominate my people anymore. I know if you're wanting to have a Christian home, whether you're a single adult, or whether you're a child that's watching this and your parents are not saved, or maybe you're a mom or a dad, or maybe you're watching as a family, 
How powerful would it be if you said, we're going to make God a priority in our home? We're going to reestablish that we want God to be the priority. We're going to reestablish that I have a personal relationship with Him. I'm going to be able to get on my knees and talk to God every single day. I'm not just going to go through the perfunctory motions of saying, yeah, I read my Bible. I'm going to let it speak to me, and I'm going to let it move my heart, and I'm going to find something that gives me some passion because I want to have a close personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, if I was found my marriage struggling, I would want to get alone with my wife and look her in the eyes and reminisce and rethink how we met some of our early dates and go through all the past history that I've known her for 28 and a half years. I'd want to relive those times and rekindle my spirit of why I chose her and married her and give my life to her. But couldn't I do the same thing with Jesus Christ? Didn't Jesus Christ come to each one of us and say, I'll pick you up out of the mess you're in. I'll save you from your sin. I'll redeem you and give you a home in heaven someday. Man, I'm here. Don't you want to speak to me? You're like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm carrying my Bible. Man, don't you want to speak to me? No, I'm good. I'm going to go out and take a walk around the neighborhood. Man, don't you want to speak to me? I'm a little busy this morning. I got to get to work. Don't you want to speak to me? I'm going to go have some fun over here. I want to watch this TV show. I want to play this video game. I'm going to get caught up in whatever this project is or this hobby is. And you get so caught up in things. All of those become empty symbols. We have no relationship with the one who gives those symbols its meaning. Do you need to reacquaint yourself with Jesus today? Have your symbols lost their value? Are you wandering through life today? Are you wondering how you're going to make it? Are you living defeated? Just think, the Israelites lost the Ark of the Covenant. It was gone. Can you imagine how devastating that was? My guess is it was at least as devastating as losing a job or having to make it through a tough spot in your marriage. I'm not minimizing anything you're going through, but I'm magnifying how powerful a personal relationship with Jesus Christ can be. Do you need to reacquaint yourself with Jesus Christ today? You may sit there and think, I don't even know how to do that. I promise you, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I'm here. I want you in my life. Can you please help me to know who you are? God, can, I want to be your friend. Can you be my friend? I promise if you seek him, you will find him. You won't have a hard time doing it. If any of you are watching now and you think, I've never, ever trusted Christ. I've never put my faith in him. He wants you to do so. And I think if you call the church number, they'll talk to you very carefully how you can know for sure you're going to go to heaven someday, how you can trust Christ and have that relationship with him. But all of us need to establish that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I appreciate each one of you that gives faithfully and carries your Bible and attends church when you can and does all those things that you can do faithfully. But what I want even more than that is I want each of us to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I want you to seek Him. I want you to establish that you know Him. That gives all of your testimony and your outward appearance and the Bible, that's what gives it its power. So let me beg of you, if any of you right now need prayer, you're frustrated, you're defeated, you're discouraged, you don't know where to turn. 
We'd love to introduce you to Jesus Christ. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to say Jesus can answer your questions. If you've never trusted him and you want to look to him, all you have to do is say, what can I do? Just go to him and say, God, please show me you're there. My dad did that in a secular university. God revealed himself to my dad and my dad trusted Christ. He'll do it for you as well. Jesus is seeking a relationship with you. Don't hide behind the fact that he doesn't care who you are, he doesn't love you, or he doesn't know your name, because I think you're wrong. I think Jesus not only knows your name, but he cares very deeply about you. You may be sitting there thinking, you don't know who I am, you're right, I don't, but Jesus does. Don't minimize his love and his influence, and his desire to have a personal relationship with each one of you.